hour of the program, and uh, we're glad you're here broadcasting live in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. And again today, saying uh, saying welcome back, our friends from WJJQ in the Northwoods joining us uh, on the network. So good to have you back on the air with us. For those uh, up in the Tomahawk area, in the Northwoods area, just north of Wausau, thanks for uh, thanks for being patient and coming back to us. We all figure uh, good things come to uh, come back around again and. So there, there you did, and glad to have you. So a couple of things to discuss. We're, we're talking two different things uh, on Twitter and on, on the Facebook fan page and on the Bud Light live stream and such, and, and people going back and forth about different things, whether it's Keston Hero, Craig Council, Jordan Love. Uh, are, just so much arguing going on, it's hard to keep up with. So I, I want to go back to uh, we had uh, Rowdy Nelson uh uh on the uh, air with us and you heard his take uh last hour regarding the Milwaukee Brewers. So Nelson, if you were going to put out a starting lineup with the roster that you have now, uh would you go Keston Hira in left or or would you there's no way at this point I would keep Christian Yelich playing the field because he just looks bad. Unfortunately, right? Bill, out of all the bitching that I've done about Christian Yelich, he's still playing left field. And that hurts me to really? say. Really? Yes. Unfortunately. I'd keep Hunter Renfro in right. Who would you put in center? Old Andrew McCutcheon would be Roman center for me. And I'd have Keston Hira in left. Uh, I would, you know, I'd still go with Urias and Wong, Rowdy Telez, uh, Narvaez behind the plate. Uh, you can always piecemeal third if necessary. Uh, and then, then I would maybe have Christian Yelich uh, as my DH, but I'd bat him seventh or eighth. I would not have any him anywhere near the top of the lineup anymore. See, if I was going around the horn, I would go with left field Yelich. Unfortunately, center field it's McCutcheon. Uh, right field Renfro. First base Rowdy Telez. Second base Wong. Adamus at short. Arias at third. Catcher really doesn't matter. And then DH is uh, Keston Hira. Days that uh, Yelich needs off, clearly Keston Hira slides into left field. Um, yeah, I just... The one thing that also just rubs me the wrong way this entire year is Colton Wong. I Colton Wong was so good when they picked him up and did so many things well. And then this season, it's just... Uh, and Do uh, you remember Casey McGee? When Casey McGee came into the Brewers organization, got kind of a second chance and played extremely the well. The guy they thought year. was going to be their uh, you know, starting their third, third baseman because they yeah. were having the hardest time finding a legit starting third baseman, and he had like a year and a half of a blip. Uh, yeah, that's exactly right. And and then Casey McGee, his offense went to crap. And then it, it, it got so stressful it affected his play in the field, and he became a liability. That's kind of what Colton Wong did this season he struggled so bad at the plate that all of a sudden his because he's been a gold glover it's not like Casey McGee was a gold glover Casey McGee was just another player who's who started to strike at rich got a little bit of money and then ended up faltering in the end and the offensive side affected his defensive side so badly that you just had to say okay we gotta let you go Colton Wong has been a gold glover where the glove is gone is almost mind-boggling right it's like I don't even think his head is in the game like when you just see him out there some of the times, it just looks like he's disinterested. And I right. don't know why he would have been from basically the start. Like he he was a guy that committed, I think it was six errors, uh, or no, sorry, over the last 
two seasons, I think he had three errors combined. He had like six or seven in the first couple months. Right. It doesn't make any sense. And then the bat's not there. And we know that he's not benefiting with any of his speed if he can't get on base. And I'm not well, asking Colton Wong to hit 300. What he did last year for the Brewers was a really good offensive year. But 265 isn't that much to ask for, and that's right in his average range. Well, that's what I was saying with, with Christian Yelich. I'm not asking for 300. I was asking for 275 and give me 20 to 25 home runs. He's not even going to get to 15. That's how bad he's been. So Colton Wong... When, when you when you look at his it, it, the, and you brought up a good point you, when you talk about you don't allow his speed when guys' speed begins to diminish even if it's a half step suddenly it, th- it throws them off you know what I mean it, it's like suddenly something happens to where they just don't get to the ball as quick and things that were routine are no longer routine and they begin to have issues I I maybe that's Colton Wong's deal. Maybe that's where he's at right now. Now, I, uh, Colton Wong, how old is Colton Wong? Is he over 30? He's in his early 30s. I thought so. Like, he's in Usually, the prime of his career. Between the ages of 27 and 30 is when the apex of your hand-eye coordination and then your ability, your physical ability with your mental ability, they begin to intersect. That intersection, the height is between 27 to 30. Sometimes it gets extended out to 31, possibly 32 if you're kind of an extenuating circumstance type of ball player. Otherwise, your hand-eye coordination, your speed and such, begins to diminish by just a tick, scientifically speaking, by just a tick. And then, But your knowledge goes up. So guys that play the game smart, they work extra hard, they do extra things, they kind of hone that skill, they have longevity. Whereas guys after the age of 31, 32, 33, it begins to diminish. And I'm thinking that Colton Wong, it's that, that apex has, has gone down some in the hand-eye coordination with that glimpse of speed. And if you lose a half step, it just takes you where before it was a routine bend over ground ball. All of a sudden you're stretching a little bit more or you're stretching a little bit higher on a, because you can't get to a ball that you normally would have had it been a line drive over your head. It's just that little, that little oomph that you don't have anymore that suddenly begins to affect you in the field, which can either have the vice versa effect of affecting you at the plate or the plate affecting you in the field. I think that's what's happened to Colton Wong. You're starting to see. I'm not going to say it's the beginning of the end, but you've seen the diminishment, and he has to figure it out, and it becomes a mental game after that because everything came so naturally. And suddenly guys that have this just innate ability start to go, I I don't know what went wrong. I I mean, just in the years that I've covered baseball, guys will say that. They'll say, I had such a good year, and I did all the same things. I did all the same workouts. I can't figure out what went wrong. And then when you realize you have somebody come up and say, hey, you're a half step slower. You you were running a 4-4. Now you're running a, a 4-5-5. You know? And you're like, what? And and then you realize that you're getting a little bit older. You need to do things differently. And I think that could be part of Christian Yelich. That could be more so part of Colton Wong and what he's got going on right now. So Colton Wong is 31. So this was his entire 31-year-old season. He, he will turn 32 basically after the regular season. Now... Colton Wong, what you're relying on when you get Colton Wong is a guy that plays phenomenal second base, is a guy that's got some speed that can steal a few bases or at least be aggressive on the base paths, and a guy that, you know, for a 260, 265 hitter is going to provide a little bit of pop, obviously playing an American field, uh, family field, left-handed hitter's got a little bit more of an advantage. But if you're a guy that 
your big rule of thumb is that you're going to be a, a really good defensive stopper up the middle. You're going to be a guy that can get on base and use your speed a little bit. If you're not playing good defense and your batting average is down 20 points from just its average, what are you really worth? I, I, like I was saying on the morning show, I'm getting Colton Wong the rest of the money he's due this year and the $2.5 million buyout for next season so that I don't have to pick up his $10 million option. And I'm paying him right now to leave now. I'm talking, I don't want you playing in LA. I'm going to call up Bryce Terang, a 22 year old kid. That's hungry. A kid that is really lighting it up in AAA. a guy that's got some uh, blood. He's got some history with his family in major league baseball. Kid's been around for a while, but it's because he was drafted at 17 it's time for people like that to get their chance instead of yeah. sitting here watching the same old, same old BS of old players that aren't playing well. Right. I, yeah, you know, and you look at a guy like McCutcheon, he's actually been somewhat of a, a, a godsend. He's come up big in, in clutch moments, and he's actually played pretty consistently and better than I thought he would. But obviously they got rid of Lorenzo Cain, who was another old guy. They were hoping if if the hopes and prayers would have come. This reminded me a lot of the last of Ron Renneke because his last season was like hope that this guy would play well. Hope that this guy returned to form. Hope this guy came back from injury. And it all just imploded. This year was kind of the same. You hope that Christian Yelich would play better. You hope that Lorenzo Cain would come back and have a season like he started to have before he ended up opting out during COVID. You hope that Colton Wong could back up the year that he had last year you hope that Urias and what you saw in the postseason would give you the same flash down at third base you hope that Rowdy Telez would be able to give you the same power numbers and he has he's been a pleasant surprise but there was a lot of hopes and then to to be able to get Hunter Renfro and dump off Jackie Bradley Jr. and I don't know what kind of pictures they had because remember that was actually a good deal it's not all been bad for what David Stearns has done No, and if you look at it Bill the offense is actually slightly better than what it was last year. And that was a an offense that was middle of the road last year. It wasn't bad. It was a team that was very hot at times, very cold at others. But it was a slightly above average offense last year, and it's even technically been better this year. But you didn't have four out of your six starting pitchers go down with injury. And that bullpen right. has been a big issue, especially as of late. The uh, the the Milwaukee Brewers and where they sit when you talk you're right 100 correct I mean what are they like tenth or eleventh or twelfth or something like that in op- overall OPS if I'm not mistaken but that's the so, thing it's huge feast or famine they're in the top three actually right. OPS wise against righties they're in the bottom five against lefties right overall I think the they sit around twelve in home runs they're they're in the top three in home runs too and the stat came up yesterday during the broadcast. That I saw that the majority of the Brewers were there, what, third in the league at runs scored via the home run. Doesn't shock so me at all. The majority of their runs, and I think they got 160 plus home runs. I can't remember. Yeah, they have. But the majority of their runs have come via the home run. It, and like you said, it's been feasting, which is to the eyeball, that's what we've all seen, which is why we all said we're not asking for a bat that's going to be a big power hitter. That's not the problem. The problem is the consistency of setting the table for the guys that are hitting the ball out of the ballpark. Well, and then I think the number that you were looking for was 49% of the Milwaukee Brewers' runs come right. via the long right. ball. 49%. Now look at the Mets. I've had this uh, conversation earlier with Ebo, man, early, like months ago. The Mets aren't a team that hit a ton of home runs, but they can hit home runs. Like Pete Alonso is up there in the tops for RBIs and home runs in the league at first base. 
but they don't have a ton of Pete Alonzos. They have a lot of piece it together guys that can hit home runs, but don't hit 40 every single year like the Brewers were trying to build. But they find ways to score runs all the time, and they had a very comparable starting five and, and bullpen at the beginning of the season. People don't talk about how the Mets missed eight weeks of Scherzer and missed the first three months without DeGrom. People don't talk about how the Dodgers haven't had Walker Bueller for two months. Dustin May has been out almost the entire year until I think yesterday. Those were two oh, Cody big Bellinger's time guys. Been awful. He's been terrible. And Cody Bellinger's been terrible. Max yeah, Muncy I mean, has I, I been garbage. Here's the other thing when you think about the Brewers, because what number becomes more telling for, because I know we want to get into the OPS. I understand that. An overall number gives you a good idea as to where your team's at. But they're number three in power, number 13 in on-base percentage, and they're 22nd in batting average. So it goes back to when you look at the OPS, yeah, the power numbers have been good. But again, if you don't have guys that are consistently getting on base and you bring that average up, you're not setting the table. This is the reason you can't extend innings. Bill, the number for me that's, I think, most important for this team is 56. That's the number of losses they have this year. And how many times after games like just this last series – Oh, but that's only one game. Oh, but that's only one game. No, that's that's that's, that's every freaking that. series that you're saying this to yep. me. Like but that, I agree with. There's a there was the series in Chicago this weekend. How many times did you take a lead on Friday? You lost. You had the lead on Saturday. You lost three different times. Yesterday, you were lucky to hold on. You easily, if you just held leads would have swept the lowly Cubs. Instead, Mm -hmm. your last three series against the lowly Cubs, the lowly Pirates, and the lowly Reds, you are 0-3 against the Pirates, 1-2 against the Reds, 1-2 against the Cubs. Oh, yeah, and by the way, you led every single game in the series in which you got uh, swept against the Pirates. You led in every game, I think, except for one against the Reds. And you led in every game against the Cubs. Think of trailing after seven innings. Now, it's not a huge record for a lot of teams to begin with, but when they're trailing after seven innings, they are 6-43. and 43. So, again, going back to the all-or-nothing team, they don't have the ability to put innings and runs and support together consistently. It's either strikeout or a home run. They, they, it's 6-43. and 43 The saving grace at. for the Cardinals was, well, we have the easiest schedule down the stretch. The saving grace right. for the Brewers. Well, we have a ton of home games, and a lot of them come against the Reds, the Pirates, and the Cubs. You're two and seven in your last nine against those yep. teams. And oh, by the way, you led in eight out of nine of those games, and you found a way to lose them. Yeah, it's uh, this isn't a serious it, franchise. It's I agree that the the oh, it's only a game mentality. I've said that before. If you lose your series, if you lose your division, if you lose to the wild card by a game or two, and you look back on a on a season in which you pissed away basically five, eight, nine, ten games, you you forever can't be forgiven. You just can't. I know sometimes baseball's baseball. You see, you give up a good pitch, but for the majority of times when you can't manufacture a run, you can't move a runner over, you can't do little things, fundamental little things that uh, allow you to win on a consistent basis, That that's when it becomes shameful as a Major League Baseball player. Let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. Bill, Maybe real quick. Coming up. Yeah, Are you talking about you know the simple things in, in baseball, like, I don't know, catching shallow pop-ups and throwing it into the infield? 
Correct. Here's the other <laughs> thing that really drives me nuts. Here, here, here's the other thing. How many times have you seen, and I was charting this for a while, and at one point I got to like 12 or 13, and then I just ended up, you know, it kind of went by the wayside. But how many times have you seen a runner advance on a poorly thrown ball from the outfield. And I'm not talking about a guy that scores because you're throwing Bill, you don't have to be kind. Out. You don't have to be cute. You don't have to be I'm kind here. You're talking how about times? how many times have guys advanced on the base pass, not on a, a throw from the outfield, on a Christian Yelich throw to an outfield. Yes. You don't have so to throw everyone else in there. It's him. So many times a ball fly in lollipopped that doesn't hit a cutoff man anywhere near second to watch a guy advance. Say you've got the the initial runner goes from first to third. You throw to third when really it should have been cut off at second. That way you would have had first and third rather than second and third. Then they've got to walk a guy to load the bases to create the extra out only to see a base hit drive in two runs. When that guy comes from second, never should have been on second to begin with. Bill, there's been times this year. a stupid run. There's been times this year where Christian Yelich gets a ball hit to, you know, uh, middle deep left field. And I know specifically against the Reds and Cubs, they have tagged up from a middle deep ball hit the left field from second yep. to third. And it's not even a close play as in, hey, we might want to take a look at this. They're clearly in there. Sometimes not even where it's it's not even close to the where the, the third baseman's even tagging them. That's embarrassing. That's a tag that in home talent Wisconsin baseball, you don't normally do. But they're doing it to Christian Yelich at the major league level. It is, there's a lot of holes. And this is one of the things that we were talking about going into the postseason. Yeah, they're only one and a half games back. And that's by the grace of God that the the Padres, ever since they found out Fernando Tatis Jr. was suspended for a, a large portion of the remainder of this season, the beginning of next season, that he's not coming back. And it kind of took the wind out of their sails for what their plans were as well. But let's be honest, they're staying a game and a half back because San Diego stinks as well, not because all of a sudden they're turning it on and they've got a 10-game win streak or they've won eight of their last 10. It's because the other team that's alongside them is stinking it up as you well. Know, Stay tuned. More, well, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, there's a you know a get-rich-quick scheme. They're always schemes. They're always kind yeah. of like a, you know, just a scam. Well, I right. actually have a legit get-rich-fast. DraftKings offers a Brewers not to make the playoffs plus 150. Put everything you got on it, folks. <laughs> on that note, more of the Bill Michael Show coming to you next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. Glad you're on board today. A few segments to go before we get out of here. As uh, ran a little bit late in that one, but that's okay. Whenever you get spirited conversation, it's fantastic. And that's what it was. Thanks to Rowdy for uh, hanging out with us for a little extra time. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at the Four Seasons Island Resort uh, up in Pembine, Wisconsin. And to get a hold of our girl Barb up there at the Four Seasons 
Wisconsin.com. That's bar, B-A-R-B, at the Four Seasons, Wisconsin.com. And uh, whether you go to the website or you email Barb or you call directly, make sure you put in the promo code BillMichaels15, automatic 15% off. They have a lot going on, including, and uh, they're not far from our friends at Forgotten Fire Winery. they got some wineries up there. You can do a little tour. They still have the UTV. The ATV trails are open. Plenty of time still to golf all the way through the end of October into November, uh, depending on the weather, obviously. And uh, they, they have the big indoor pool, the Boundary Waters Bar and Grill, where they have karaoke and music and bands and all kinds of good stuff. The Diamond Room, you can do, the, like I said, uh, the UTV, the ATVs, pontoon uh, rentals up there, kayak around the island. There's so much to do. Stop up uh, to see our friends in Pembine, Wisconsin at TheFourSeasonsWisconsin.com. That's TheFourSeasonsWisconsin.com. Um the uh, well, first of all, like I said, thanks to Rowdy for hanging out with us and talking some Brewers baseball. There's a lot of people that are uh, chiming in, both are, both on the Bud Light live stream and over on Twitter as well. Ebo, you back now? Oh, I'm back, Billy. That was uh, that was quite. Uh, is he? Did he like leave the studio red and sweating? Well, Bill, this has been building. For many years with our guy Rowdy, <laughs> <laughs> so so what what you got was, you know, Rowdy and I are in the studio together every day, and once the mic goes off, Rowdy does not turn off. He just keeps spewing and spewing and spewing. So I've been hearing something like this uh, for many years. This one is just it's kind of like a volcano that keeps bubbling up, bubbling up, and eventually it explodes. Mm-hmm. It hasn't right. fully exploded yet, but. It's close. So I'm used to this. He'll never stop. In fact, he was just in here uh, trying. I'm like, Rowdy, get out of here. Me and Bill are got to, or Bill's got to do his thing. I blah, blah, blah. Right. Rowdy kept going and kept going about the Brewers and Christian Yelich. And I'm sure he's doing it in the office right now, in it? (laughs) He's down the hall just yelling like Tourette's. He's just yelling stuff out. (laughs) Christian Yelich. Very passionate. Very passionate. Flies out of his mouth. Uh, Let's go to Daniel listening to us in Toma. Daniel, welcome to the program, man. What's going on, buddy? That Rowdy is. Different, I tell you right now. He but he's right him. on, almost. I mean, it, you, no, whether you agree or disagree, not, for the most, it, I, what I, do you I disagree with? Spring training, you never bring that up, and it seemed like the team was different this year with no spring training. They just basically started baseball. You know that, I know that, and it, you know training. Right, but every team did. You know, I'm not saying it's not, but he knows a lot of teams started slow. Brewers didn't. Then I'll say they caught up because then maybe they got more together or whatever it is. You guys say go mm-hmm. spend money, spend money. I remember when the Brewers lost to St. Louis in 1982. I was in boot camp in 1982. I come back. We're in the playoffs. We're at County Stadium. He doesn't mm-hmm. understand what County Stadium was. He want to see baseball. Why don't he come back in history and go to County Stadium? That place sucked. I'm sorry to tell you this. That was not a good stadium. It wasn't good for reporters. It wasn't good for the fans. I mean, no, but on. stadium has nothing they, to do with it. Forty they, years ago, to say is they have tried to improve baseball in Wisconsin. Right? No, we never got back. No, to I agree World. with that. We should have beat St. Louis at the World Series. We got screwed on a bad call. I'm sorry. We were better than St. Louis, and they should have won the World Series. But uh, you know, and he wants to get rid of everybody. Well, just get rid of the team. Just move them. Because you can't do that. I mean, you admit that Counselor is a good good general manager. I'm not saying he's the best, but you only can play with the players they give you. The owner comes in here. I don't know what kind of owner he is, but one minute it seems like he says, I'm part of it. Next minute he says, oh, it's the other people's fault. I agree. It's the same game. 
And I and yep. I agree with some what they're what they got this year. I've listened to the games. Sometimes it seems like wow, they're good. Next game, you suck. You know, but I don't know what to tell you. But the way he's calling, oh my lord! I mean, I mean, there, look at it this know, way, Daniel. And th- look at it this way. I appreciate the phone call. They're eight games over five hundred. They won yesterday, but the teams they should be beating, they don't consistently beat. There's a lot of excuse making for the way this team has faltered. They and the argument, the legitimate argument to be made is they got rid of Josh Hader because of money. They tried to sell it as a different bill of goods. And the signal they sent to the clubhouse was and the guys in that clubhouse was we think you're good, but we don't think you can win at all. So we're going to go ahead and start making moves now to save money. And that's what it was. And it, it and, and this team since then has kind of played like it. They, they really believed that they had a legitimate shot and everybody expected them to go out and get another bat or two. And because the pitching wasn't the issue, it was the bats. It was the inconsistency, the all or nothing, the grip it and rip it mentality. And for a while, it, we've seen it when they have done certain things to play a little bit small ball. They've won some games. It's been exciting. They've rejuvenated the fans. You can't do that every day. I get that. But they've, they've had some good, some good out, some good outings. When they have had issues in regards to the grip it and rip it mentality, what they needed was guys to get on, guys to set the table, guys to extend an inning, guys to do little things, guys fundamentally to play better and defensively play better. And at times they just don't. And, and the argument to be made is we all see it. It's the, it's the giant pink elephant in the room. It's an all-or-nothing team. And the problem is, down the stretch, when some other teams, like the Cardinals, who are so steadfast in playing decent fundamental baseball, and they've just stuck with it, and the cruise ship is just heading in the right direction, you, you're trying to catch that team, and you can't. So, therefore, you put yourself in a position to be behind a team like San Diego and like some of the other wild-card teams that all they got to do is play a little bit better baseball than you, and they're going to find themselves in the postseason because you didn't win the division because you thought the grip it and rip it mentality was going to be better. And, oh, by the way, you told the rest of your team, while you may be able to win the division, we don't think you can win a World Series. They took the wind out of their sails. That means they're not going to win the division either. If you don't win the division, chances are you're not going to make it in the postseason. And this whole thing about the streak and all that kind of stuff, it, it fans wanted them to take the next step, and instead they took the step back. And they did it for money. And and that's where people get so pissed off and so frustrated. It's not because you needed to move guys because you were going to lose them. You still had another year with Hater. You still had another opportunity in the offseason to work things out. You moved him because you didn't want to pay an, uh, an arbitration settlement that was probably going to take place this year because he was one of the best relievers in baseball almost up until the point that you let him go. That's what makes people mad. 877-867-1670. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. Again, I want to remind you that uh, we've got our motorcycle poker run coming up on Sunday, September 4th, less than two weeks away now. Now, the weather... Uh, from what I've been told uh, via our uh, guy Drew Burgoyne, the meteorologist from uh, CBS 58, and uh, also our guys from Fox 6, they said uh, that it right now it's uh, low 80s. 
the sun should be out, and it looks like, at least for right now, although the weekend looks to be a little bit wet, that we're going to get uh, a great opportunity to ride and ride uh, rain-free. So hopefully you can join us, and if you have a motorcycle or know somebody who does, what I encourage you to do is go to fisherhousewi.org. That is fisherhousewi.org and get registered. And we can't do it without you. And we need volunteers, too, for staging. doesn't mean you can't ride with us if you ride a motorcycle. We can certainly use some people to get there a little bit earlier and help us uh, stage some of these bikes as well. If you want to do that, get a hold of me. You can email me at thebillmichaels at gmail.com, thebillmichaels at gmail.com. You can find me there, and we'll uh, get you all set up. But uh, it's going to be a great day. We've got a lot of, of really wonderful stops. And in addition to that, uh, just a lot of fun things planned. But it's all for the ride. It's all for Fisher House, Wisconsin, for military members, veterans, and their family. And we can't do it without our friends at Wisconsin Harley-Davidson. They're putting on the after party. And it's going to be a great time with Rebel Grace on the south stage and Hairball at 8 o'clock on the north stage. Uh, we get back there about 5 o'clock. We start announcing winners. we got a flyover schedule. I mean, so many good things happening. And we can't do it without the police department shutting down the highways and getting us from point A to point B. So it's going to be awesome. So if you can get signed up for it, go to fisherhousewi.org in the events page. Or if you're following on the Bud Light live stream, you can scan the QR code right now and get registered. All the information as it uh, persists will be at facebook.com slash bigunitpokerrun, facebook.com slash bigunitpokerrun. And also thanks to our friends at Bud Light who have been with us all 15 years. Pottawatomie Hotel Casino as well and uh, they do some wonderful wonderful stuff but they wanted to be a part of it and bring their dealers out to help us out mke brewing our friends at growth law g-r-o-t-h growth law one of the top 20 biker firms in the country and it's right here in our own backyard also our friends over at buzzard billy's not a kind of a stone's throw away from eau claire here downtown lacrosse with some really really good food and our friends andy kane and the whole staff at kane and kane jewelers in west bend kane and kane jewelers in west bend and uh, you can check it there as well. But so many, uh, so many good things uh, right there in uh, in the West Bend area, and so many good sponsors that are a part of this. But uh, we can't do it without you. We're getting down to the stretch run now. We want to make sure that uh, we get as many people pre-registered for some of the great prizes that are only available for pre-registration. You can still win some of the other prizes as well uh, within the poker hand. But uh, only for those who pre-register. There's one of four prize packages. There's a Buck Sweet tickets. Uh, and some Admirals tickets. There's also a Brewers tickets uh, that go along with some dinner in downtown Milwaukee. Also, there is a Badgers tailgate and Badgers tickets and uh, three different races at Road America as well. So all of those prize packages available, but only for those who actually pre-register. So get pre-registered. Simply go, again, to fisherhousewi.org and the events page and get registered or just scan the QR code right now over on uh, over on the Bud Light live stream. Uh, you can, it'll take you to registration. You can follow that Facebook page. You can follow us on Facebook at uh, the Bill Michaels, uh, Facebook.com slash the Bill Michaels show, and Instagram, the real Bill Michaels, or the Bill Michaels. I should say the uh, Bill, Bill Michaels, and you can find us there as well. So, plenty of ways to track it down. A um, couple of things. I got an email here. This is our buddy Steve who uh, chimes in quite often. And uh, Steve. Hits us up and says, uh, hey, first of all, happy Monday. I think that Jordan Love is definitely trending in the right direction, uh, but still has a way to go. 
I thought his pocket presence was better, and I think his decision-making was better as well. The one rookie I am almost uh, impressed with is Zach Tom. I watched him on several plays, and his blocking was outstanding. He squares up nicely, keeps a good pad level. Also, as good as uh, Romeo Dobbs has played, he also has a couple of drops, which I agree with. Uh, I don't think that the Brewers are dead yet, but they are nearing the critical condition as hot as the Cardinals have been. I think they're going to have a cold streak coming up as soon as or as up and down as the Brewers have been. When they get back from L.A., they have some payback time with the Cubs and the Pirates. Maybe, just maybe, they are getting the slump out of the way before the playoffs this year. That's our buddy Stephen Richfield. That is a way of looking at things through completely blue and gold-colored glasses. And let's just, Steve, I'll say this. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Um, this one is from Rick who says, I wanted to chime in on the Jordan Love topic. I see an improved player, but what I want to see is what he looks like with Lazard, Watkins, and Cobb. Everybody makes excuses for his 50% completion stat. Well, if he throws for 50% with those guys, he is still he still isn't there in my opinion. I completely agree. I, it's Here's the one thing that everybody forgets, and, and what drives me crazy is, is they say, well, all he ever does is work with the twos and the threes. and No, from week nine of last year, he worked with the ones. Remember, Aaron Rodgers didn't take a snap in practice. Not a snap. He did walkthroughs. Remember, he had the bad toe. So he not only did he play in the game against Kansas City, but he then took the number one snaps with that, with that team all the way through the end of the season until Rodgers finally healed up come postseason. And he even got and knew he was going to play with money, many of the ones in the game in Detroit and still didn't look great. Now, does he look better this year? Absolutely. I agree with that. I'm not saying that he's not serviceable, but this whole thing of, oh, my God, look how great he looked, it's it's one preseason game. And all of a sudden be pointing your finger in the air going, I told you so. You told me what? That he'd have one good game? If that's what you said, then, yeah, you're right. Otherwise, one game in a preseason with the twos and the threes does not a career make. That's all I'm saying, so pump the brakes. Not saying it's good or bad. I'm just simply saying he looked better. Oh, so you're now admitting he's a really good pick? No, I'm saying he looked better in one preseason game. That's that's where I go to. And and when I get asked about draft day, going back some years, you know who I would have taken. There was quite a few guys at the time that I would have taken over, over Jordan Love. Uh, we've all been there. We've all talked about this time and again before Jordan Love. I was thinking if they would have traded, they could have gotten Brandon Ayuk. Uh, at the time, I was talking about Patrick Queen, and Patrick Queen's still a starter. He's not good. Is is he? He's not good in coverage. He's better coming off the edge or better on stunts, and he's better shooting up the gut on blitzes, going in pass rush after a quarterback than he is at, at stuff in the run or in coverage. So that I'll give you. And and part of it's been because he feels like he hasn't been utilized properly. They brought in a new linebackers coach this year. We'll see what he actually does with Baltimore. But he's not been great. But at the time, I thought Patrick Queen. I thought about T. Higgins, the wide receiver coming out of Clemson. I was thinking DeAndre Swift, the running back out of Georgia, just to add depth. I mean, there were so many different things that you could have thought of. Jonathan Taylor at the time coming out of Wisconsin. So, you know, there, those, that's just a handful of guys that, I mean, there's even, I mean, if you wanted to go with quarterback, Jalen Hurts has looked better, you know, than, than Jordan Love had. So I'm not sitting here saying that hindsight being what it is, I was right. What I'm saying is is there was other guys that I would that were on my draft board that I would have gone with that would have been more impactful. And to jump up to a first-round pick, I don't care if he wasn't projected there. That's where you got him. 
And that's what the expectation supposed to be, is first-round pick capability. Because that's what, in essence, you said. His value is a first-rounder. We're going to trade up to get him and then trade back and move all over, and that's exactly what they did. So, But, again, one game does not a, a career make, so we'll see. Um, complicated fellow says, what's changed since last season for Love? Any new position coach may be helping him with, uh, with, uh, to reach his potential. Well, Tom Clements, the new quarterback's coach. Tom Clements. Remember, Nathaniel Hackett was a really good quarterback's coach and offensive coordinator and such as well. Luke Getze, those guys are gone. But Tom Clements, the, the wily veteran, if you will, uh, is also working with him. Rodgers is in camp working with him more this year. Um, but have you seen – let me ask you this. Have you seen a dramatic improvement or just an improvement? You know what I mean? And I get asked all the time, well, Rodgers wasn't Rodgers in year three. Yeah, but we saw it consistently behind closed doors. Now, we're not consistently behind closed doors, but from what I've understood, and when I talk to guys like Mike Clemens and we talk to Pete Doherty and we've talked to others that cover the team, it's it's average. There's, you know, there's not much to write home about there. So, I, I, you know, I get it if you love the pick. That's my question is all of a sudden you're loving the pick or are you telling yourself you have to love the pick because eventually the end is coming and you've got to believe in this guy. And I think that's where a lot of this is coming from. Just my opinion. Uh, final segment of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Just in. This just in. Our first huddle of the year is Wednesday night. Is Wednesday night. This Wednesday, we've uh, moved the huddles from Thursday to Wednesday. The first huddle of the year, Wednesday night, and we are going to be at the Mecca in the Deer District. The Mecca in the Deer District, Wednesday night, 6 to 8. It is our first huddle of the season. Uh, I don't know guests or anything like that just yet. Uh, We're just kind of getting all the information in, but uh, just a a little behind the eight ball this year, uh, we'll say scheduling-wise. But uh, and then we dance. We're kind of our, our sponsor, which has been with us, been with me for 22 years, and that has been Bud Light. Uh, they've been bringing to the huddles uh, with myself for 22 years. We've been doing this. I don't even know what that equates to. 23 weeks for 22 years. That's how many huddles we've done. How about that? It's quite a bit. Anyway, um, that's where we're going to be coming up on. Uh, Wednesday night, we're going to be at the uh, at the Mecca Sports Bar, which is right there in the Deer District, across from the uh, the Fiserv Forum. That is, by the way, Mark says five hundred and six huddles. That's a lot of huddles. Five hundred and six huddles, previewing, going over, reflecting upon games of the Green Bay Packers and the rest of the NFL. We are more than a half a century into uh, the uh, into the huddles when it comes to the number. There you go. So we're going to be there at the uh, the Mecca Sports Bar coming up on Wednesday night, 6 to 8, and hope to see you there as a face in the crowd. Really looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, a couple things to go before we get out of here. Uh, our buddy Brian says, uh, hey, unit, uh, how you hitting them? What is your go-to cigar asking for a friend coming up tonight out there? Oh, uh, well, we're at uh, Wild Ridge Golf Course if you're watching on the Bud Light live stream uh, here in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Uh, I am not hitting them great. I'm not hitting them poorly either. Last week... Actually, I played rather well. 
I was I, I got a couple of drives in that made me believe that I could really hit a ball, and then a few more after that that curved into the woods. Although I only lost one, but uh, had a few long putts, had a couple of uh, good you know second shots, and I was happy with my game. Go to cigar. Oh, there's a bunch. There's a bunch. There's a new anniversary Cohiba that's out uh, that I just saw. Um, and I haven't had that one yet, but I had the one that was a step below it. Uh, I also like the Monte, uh, the Monte Cristo M, or the Macanudo M, I should say. Uh, love Deadwood Estates and Sweet Baby Janes, Fat Bottom Bettys, uh, the Leather Rose and such. Really good cigars based off of the same concept. Um, obviously, the Perdomo 10th Anniversary uh, Champagne Cigar is fine, fine, fine. And these are all, pardon me, these are all sticks that are probably between... Eight and twelve, thirteen dollars. Excuse me, God, I got the hiccups now. Except for the new Cohiba, it's about twenty-five bucks a stick. But beyond that, man, those are kind of what I go to on a night-in and night-out basis. So there you go. Ebo, are you a cigar guy? I dabble from time to time. Okay, we got to get you to one of these things, man. There's only a few left this year. Maybe you can come up in September to like Wasota High Shores, or we're going to be in Lacrosse for celebrations for the last year. You got to come to that. Lacrosse, my area. Let's go. Hell yeah. Lacrosse, yeah. Bring you into that one. That's not a bad way. And you be back home in time. Plenty of time to do the morning show the next day. That's not a bad thing. Bad way to go. Unless, of course, you've got to get, you know, tore up. Then all you do is the morning show live from lacrosse. Ain't nothing that a uh, Bloody Mary can't cure. That's exactly right. There you go. So that'll do it. Anything else you want to add to today's fun and frivolity before we get out of here? Let's just pray for Rowdy as he's on vacation uh, to tomorrow and Wednesday, and he scribbles in that manifesto about the Brewers a little more. Just pray for him. Yeah, he's got to be in a shack somewhere in the middle of the woods with really no plumbing, <laughs> nothing but a radar and a little bit of uh, and a little bit of an AM/FM signal. That's it. And he's just uh, out scribbling down his, his his notes to what's going to happen next in the world as it implodes around Rowdy. So, looking forward to it. That's it. Time for us to get out. Thanks to the staff and management here at Wild Ridge Golf Course. Fantastic place. I love it uh, every time I come back. Yes, this is where I got hit by the lightning, but uh, you know that's one bad memory. I've had a lot of good memories here. It's a great place. I'm sitting in the exact same spot, too, so no fear, baby. No fear. Time for us to go. Have a good one. See you.